Happy Non-Binary Awareness Week, everybody. You want an alligator? Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute, because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. What's up, everybody? Ty Rivera here, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. And welcome to yet another episode. That's right, another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. That's right, it's Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Sorry this episode is coming out on Thursday instead of Wednesday. Apparently, I couldn't be bothered to get unbothered. And currently, my co-host Snoopy Bijou has lied to me again. It doesn't look like she's eating her alligator, but she's also wetting her whistle right now. So that might be what's going on first, and then she might go ahead and eat her alligator. I'll keep you guys posted on that. Who knows? Whimsy's Alligators, the never-to-be-sponsor of Unbothered by Tyra Vera. But we still give them a shout-out, and we still put our Amazon affiliates link for Whimsy's Alligators down below in the description box. So if you need anything off of Amazon or if you just want to check out Whimsy's Alligators, a good, healthy treat for your dogs that they'll probably enjoy for about seven years, and then just stop eating them like Bijou has, apparently. She's sniffing at it, but she's not biting, literally. Or figuratively, not biting. Now she's just looking at me like, what's all the pressure about? Sorry, Beige. Love you, puppy. Anyway, so um, Carla's Homemade Salsa. You know, and I want to be very clear when I talk about Carla's Homemade Salsa. The thing you guys have to know about my relationship with Carla's Homemade Salsa is... I became a fan first and then they became a sponsor after. So I don't shout them out because of the sponsorship. They sponsor me because I was such a big fan and am such a big fan. Right now, I have been being pretty decent about my diet, but I also haven't been super extreme about it just because there's no reason for me to be right now. You know, I am ticking along at a good pace and there are certain projects that I'm still working on with my body. For a minute there, remember I was working on getting more booty. I've been really working on that, but it's still not exactly where I want it to be because I took a break and then I stopped doing what I was doing. And then I saw something else when I was on Instagram and I was like, okay, I really like this person's booty and I would like to have that. So luckily for me, they were talking about it that day, like how it is they got their butt that way. So after I do my experiment right now, we're about three months into it. I'll let you guys see like a before and after I'll wear a speedo or something like that, you know, something Something cute, but not trying to be flirty. I just really want for this experiment to work out and then to be able to tell people like this is what you can do. And yes, it will be a lot of work. And yes, you do get sweaty doing it. It's not sex. Don't think that. I wish. Um, if that were it, I would have all the booty I needed. But I also might not be doing it right to get booty. But also, I've been slowing down on that a bit too. You know, I haven't really been worried about hooking up that much. I mean, it's not like it hasn't happened, but it's definitely slowed down quite a bit, which everything in my life has slowed down quite a bit. And I'm very, very thankful for that because I was, um, you know, I, I get away from myself every once in a while. I think everybody does. But I think the difference with me and a lot of people is I actually have the option to completely slow down at different points and not do anything where a lot of people are just stuck. They have to constantly, constantly, constantly be doing something. And then a lot of people suffer from FOMO or fear of missing out. And I'm not really one of those people. I have to tell you that about myself. I really don't concern myself with what a lot of people are doing. I'm not a person that feels like I have to be at the most popular parties. I don't feel like I have to be around the most popular people all the time. When it comes to what I do, I usually end up getting invited to the best stuff, but that's because I'm good at what I do. But I think also when you get invited to everything, you're sort of like, okay, well, I can sit a lot of things out because I'm not really in a position where I have to work on that, you know? And I, I get that a lot of people aren't in that position either. And I, I realized that one of the places I've been messing up or had been messing up, because lately I think I'm 100% on track and doing what I need to be doing. So let's be very clear about that. But when it comes to the last couple of months, some of the places that I've kind of messed up was that I was hanging out with people not realizing that they had different issues going on than anything I deal with, you know, like some of the people that I dealt with, 
since then other people have come to me and been like yeah i hang out with that person and they're a very good person but they deal with a lot of insecurity so they basically keep me around this is the other person talking to me they basically keep me around because i keep them grounded and i remind them that there's nothing to be that insecure about and people aren't talking badly about them and that's not something they have to worry about and in my life i really don't worry about what people are saying about me it's just there was a point where i was surrounded by a couple of these people and they were constantly telling me and then i would get like why are these people talking about me and then i'd go to those people and now when i look back at it i'm like was there really a point for me going after these people because do these people really matter and i don't mean that in a negative way but just really think in your life don't even apply this to me but think in your life how many people really matter? How many people affect your reality? Because for me, there's not really a lot that gets into my life or gets into my space or even enters my bubble. You know, it's just kind of me and beige. And I mentioned that I hook up with people from time to time, but those people don't even really get inside my bubble outside of the physical. I don't talk to them about anything. We don't hang out like friends. We don't discuss problems. I don't even feel like I have a lot of problems when it comes down to it. So I think because I was surrounding myself with those people and spending a lot of time talking to, hanging out with, working with those people, that it really did start to rub off on me. Like a lot of the stuff that I see the people that I used to hang out with talking about online. Because some people might think I'm talking about like very particular people, but I'm not. I'm talking about in general, the people I was hanging out with when I would be out. You know, it's not like anything personal. This isn't about any one particular person or it's not even that kind of situation today because Believe me, my head is in such a different space right now. And I think a lot of times people think I am talking badly about people when really th there's a point for me where this becomes two things. This becomes lessons for me to learn and content for my channel. That's what it comes down to at a certain point with me. So where a lot of people think like Ty's mad all the time, it's like, no, I'm really not. I, there's a lot of stuff, like I say, that I really don't care about in the way that I continue to hold feelings about it. But then I do care about it in the way that I think we are meant to extract the lessons from it. And sometimes you have to understand that if you're a person that's very independent, and not really worried about what the crowd is doing, that's going to bother a lot of people because a lot of people don't live that way. A lot of people are constantly worried about, does this person like me? Am I going to get this gig? Is this going to happen? And I, when I was younger, maybe had some of those thoughts. Still not a lot, to tell you the truth, but maybe I had some of those thoughts when I was younger. But I've gotten to a point in my life where I feel like what's meant to me will come to me and nobody can take from me what is actually meant for me. So people can say things, people can try to get in the way, but ultimately what's supposed to happen for me is going to happen for me. And it's not only because I'm working to make it happen, but because when you put a certain energy out into the universe, that's going to come back to you and no human being can get in the way of the laws of the universe. And that's really the way I feel about it. And that's independent of the things I've been reading and watching on YouTube. Like I told you guys, there's different stuff that I've been watching quite a bit. And Sad Guru will always be on the list. You know, if you guys ever want to check it out, you guys can check out Sync Mind and see kind of the stuff that Sad Guru talks about. But there's one particular thing that he, I was listening to from him not too long ago where he said that people's words don't matter. What matters is the way that you react to people's words. So basically, you know, people's words only matter as much as you let them matter is the way I took that. And he did a whole speech about it. It was like 15, 20 minutes of him talking about this. And the more I was listening to him, the more I felt like, yeah, that does make total sense because if I hadn't paid attention to any of these situations that were happening and had just continued to do what I was doing, I wouldn't have got up, caught, got caught up arguing with people 
that really don't matter. You know, I really do think about things in terms of what's actually making me money, what's actually getting me ahead in life, what's actually getting my body to where I want to be want it to be. Like these are the kinds of things that I truly do concern myself with myself with. Like outside of that, the other stuff that I've talked to you about, yeah, it's annoying, but it really doesn't matter. You know, I've been doing this for a long time as far as stand up goes, and I really am at the point where I like watching things grow and I like watching things get better. Like when I talk about Carla's homemade salsa, I really do believe in Carla's homemade salsa and I plug it all the time because I believe in it, because it's all natural, because it does really add flavor to an otherwise flavorless diet that I deal with. And for me, that is so helpful and I think it can be so helpful to so many other people. I mean, the fact that it's A, natural, and B, it really does add flavor to if a lot of you are doing any kind of diet. I know a lot of people do hot girl summer, hot boy summer, that kind of stuff. And so if that's what you're trying to do, this is very helpful. But I really do like watching that grow and I shout it out all the time. And they have gotten quite a bit of customers from me. And I had them pretty busy for a minute there. I kind of slowed down on the amount that I was shouting them out because I felt like I was kind of flooding them and then at the same time I was happy to see that just because I like to watch things grow. Right now um, there's a podcast that I really love. It's called Local Trash. Two of my friends, one new friend, one guy I've known for a while, Jordan Underwood is one of the hosts and then his friend Alex who I just met not too long ago. They're the host of that show and it's called Local Trash and you can find it on iTunes, I'm sure Stitcher, anywhere you can find podcast, you can find it. Spotify is one place that they're really pushing it. But Local Trash, if you guys want to look that up, I really do like the conversations that they have because Jordan is very honest about his situation. He's over 200 days sober, so give it up for Jordan, everybody. But... um yeah, he's 200 and some days sober, going on a full year. And I've liked Jordan for a while. We've been friends for a while. We didn't always get to hang out because when he wasn't sober, I didn't want to hang out with him. And there were times when we hung out when I thought he was sober, and then it turned out he wasn't. But now I know he's sober. And you can tell even by the way he talks, the things he talks about, how open he is about what he was doing back then. And for me, as a person that's his friend, I like it because he really makes sense now. Because you know what it's like. If you've ever hung out with any kind of addict, you know that a lot of times they'll tell you stories and you're like, wait, what? This isn't exactly adding up. I don't really know what I'm supposed to make of this story because I don't feel like you're telling me the truth right now. And that was what I would go through with Jordan quite a bit. And Jordan is very charming and he's a cute boy. Uh, I say boy, but I think he's 31. Um... But yeah, he's very charming. He's a cute boy. He's he could sell ice to Eskimos like Jordan. I like Jordan a lot. But, you know, that kind of stuff doesn't work around me because I've been with so, been around so many hustlers in my life. And now I don't feel like there's any hustle at all going on with Jordan. And so I really like watching him become the person that he's becoming in his sobriety. So there's that that goes on on the podcast because he talks about where different feelings come from and different experiences that he had when he was partying. And it's almost like being at an NA meeting in a certain way, like a NA meeting with a really great speaker if you've ever been to an NA or AA meeting, which I know I have. It's supposed to be anonymous, but I'm saying it. I've been to several meetings in my life and it wasn't ever because I had a problem with addiction. There was a point where I decided to do a full year of sobriety and I thought one thing to really help that out would be if I went to meetings so that I had sober friends and so I could see the way that that all worked out and I thought it was very beneficial and I went religiously you know I went as if I was an actual addict but after having been there and seen what being an addict is like. I'm like, mm, I'm not an addict at all. I just am a person that likes to party every once in a while. And now I really don't party at all. You know, I'm on another 90 day being sober, but that's because sometimes I do smoke more weed than I want to smoke and it's everywhere. And so I've discussed that. But anyway, the, on local trash, the way it works is Alex 
who I don't think has a degree in anything. And that's not an insult in any way, because like he's very smart. So if you listen to the podcast, you're not going to feel at all like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But he's very good at psychoanalyzing Jordan. And he does it in a way that's not at all insulting, not at all condescending. But you can see how because they're roommates, you can see how Jordan living with Alex could be a very beneficial situation because Alex does call Jordan on his shit, but he does it in a really fun and funny way. And so I really like the podcast. So I've been shouting them out quite a bit, just like I'm shouting them out here, local trash on Spotify or iTunes. Check them out. Um, But I really do like watching that situation because I think it's really good and I want it to grow and I want them to continue to do it. So that's the other reason that I'll shout things out a lot when I like them is because I know that the motivation for people doing anything is also they want to see it grow, whether that's for monetary reasons or if it's just because it's a passion project or why ever people are doing whatever they're doing they usually want it to grow. And so if I can give them even a little bit of motivation by helping out and getting like them a couple more listeners or getting Carla a couple more customers or whatever I do, which like I'll put a link for Local Trash and Carla's link is always down below in the description box. But um, yeah, so like the thing is, I really like to make sure that the stuff that I support is going to continue to grow. So... I will shout it out. I have shows a show coming up on August 6th in Phoenix, well, Glendale at the Desert Rose. And maybe I'll put a link for that down below, too. Um, but that is selling really well. We sold out all the tables. Well, I sold out all the VIP tables within like a day or a day and a half, which. It's what happens sometimes when people like you. But um, anyway, <laughs> Uh, So I'm happy about that coming up, you know, and I like performing in Phoenix, Glendale, because I can have a lot of fun there. There's people that know what it is I do and, you know, they're very used to like my style. And I've said it before, but I'm a very, very Arizona guy. So sometimes people think, you know, I'm from different places like Hawaii is a common guess. A lot of people, especially that I date, will ask me if I'm from Hawaii. But I think it's just because brown skin and tattoos the way I am. I think that's why people assume I'm from Hawaii. But I'm from Arizona, and if you know Arizona people, you know that I am an Arizona person. You know what's very Arizona, though, is this heat right now. Ugh! This heat is so ridiculous. I posted on Twitter today that it's so hot right now that I literally have to give myself a pep talk every time I want to get out of the car, and it's so true. Every time I get ready to get out of the car, I'm like, okay, we can do this. Just get out of the car, and that's... You know, I spend extra time even when I park in my parking space here at my apartment. I'll just sit there for a while with the air on just like I don't want to go out in this heat right now. It is miserably hot right now in Vegas, and that's the same way it is in Phoenix. And I know it's just as hot there right now, except for I think they're dealing with a little more of the monsoon storms. My friend Cindy said she is dealing with the monsoon storm, monsoon storms, monsoon storms up in Michigan or some kind of storms. I don't know if it's monsoon in Michigan and I don't know if she said monsoon, but either way she's dealing with storms or they were about a week ago. So, you know, that's too bad. Last week's episode of, um, unbothered though, I'll tell you, I watch every episode like because I do the premieres with you guys where I'll watch it on YouTube and I'm also going to be putting them on Facebook now and I'm not going to go back and put the whole catalog from forever back on my YouTube fan page. But I really want to start paying attention to my YouTube or my Facebook fan page more. And so if you guys get a chance, check me out. Facebook.com slash Ty Rivera fan. If you guys want to support there, um, I'm really trying to build that as well because Facebook isn't going to go anywhere as much as people hate it and as much as we have to work around the rules of Facebook in different ways. It's not going anywhere, so you might as well just get used to Facebook. And it's another place for me to put things. And if I'm going to record these and edit them and 
do everything that I do in order to make this happen, which it's not a lot, but it kind of is a lot sometimes. And so if I'm going to do all of this, then I feel like I should get maximum eyes on it. And I feel like the stuff that I'm going to be talking about coming up is a lot more important and a lot more. I just outright in some ways educational and I don't say that in a way like I'm a person who has the most to teach everybody but as far as learning to live your life in a good way or in a way where you continue to grow that's something that I definitely have been getting better and better about as the years go by and every once in a while I will have a little bit of a relapse there will be a slip up when it comes to falling back into certain behaviors. But even that, I don't have a problem admitting that because that's a part of growing is when you actually admit that, look, I'm falling short in cer certain ways, then at least you know that you can grow from that. I'm not one of those people that wants to pretend that everything's just going perfectly all the time and it's just all according to plan and I'm working everything perfectly. Right now, in the last couple of weeks, have I been? Yes, I really do feel that. But as I said, in the last couple of months, have there been different points where I've slipped up? And, you know, I can say that there's different factors that have caused me to do that. Like I mentioned, hanging out with certain people and not. But really, for me, that does come back to me not protecting my own energy and me not being aware of what it is that's going around me. So it still comes down to a me problem and not an anybody else problem. So when I mention the other people, I'm not blaming them because at the end of the day, I'm an adult and I have control over my own behavior and what it is I let actually get in and so uh, this is all like me learning and I feel like more people will be able to learn from the lessons that that I'm that I'm, you know, relearning in some cases or going back over. And I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that. Like I said, if you're a person that hasn't ever done any of the stuff that I'm talking about or isn't feeling like or you're not feeling like you've been getting ahead or you're not feeling like you can relate to me when it comes to personal growth, I'm fine with that. But I feel like if you watch me, if you listen to me, yeah, I'm not going to be perfect and I'm probably not going to be your guru and that's not what I'm even going for. But if I can at least help you come up with some coping mechanisms or maybe look at things in a different way, then I feel like I'll be doing a good service for people. And I don't worry about my podcast being the funniest. You know, like last week when I did the Unbothered, what I was going to say was I had a really good time talking to Claire but the only thing I didn't like was I was laughing too much through it. And I had the lashes on and that was fun and silly, but that's not going to be my regular thing. Obviously, you guys can see. I mean, you guys know most of the time I don't even have the patience to do makeup. So you don't think I'm going to pop on a lash. And Claire had to help me, like not even help me. Claire did my lashes. The only thing I did was apparently, because I didn't know this, you have to put mascara on first. Then you put the lash on. Then, you know, you let it sit for a little while. And then you um, do your eyelash curler to, like, really pinch them together and make sure that they, you know, blend together. And so um, I did <laughs> the mascara part by myself and I did the pinching them with my lash curler. That's all I did. Claire was the one who actually had to put them on my eyes. I tried, but I have shaky hands and I'm not the best at that anyway. And so it, it isn't anything that I'll be doing regularly. And it was fun. I mean, like it was fun. It's fun to be silly and it's fun to have a good time with stuff like that. Like I told you guys, I don't worry about like I joke about like none of my guys on Grindr should see me like this. And that is part true because that's a thing for them in certain ways but for me I don't have problems with masculine versus feminine like that's not something that I personally put a lot of stock into I don't feel like I have to do these things in order to maintain my masculinity I'm masculine in certain ways naturally and I'm feminine in certain ways naturally so I'm not going to put pressure on myself to present a certain way and I mentioned non-binary and narrow non-binary awareness week at the beginning of this episode and I said it on Twitter yesterday and I'll say it here non-binary is the participation trophy of the LGBT community in a lot of cases when I see non-binary people it's either white women that have decided that they want to be part of the queer community 
or it's displaced Latinos that are trying to rebrand me as Latinx. And nobody better get mad at me for saying Latinos when I'm referring to people that brand themselves as Latinx because they don't mind calling me Latinx even though I identify as Latino. So if nobody's going to respect what it is I want, then I don't owe it to you to respect what it is you want. If you want to say you're Latinx and I'm Latino, that's fine. And if I meet a person like that, I will respect the fact that they're Latinx. But as long as you're telling me that we're all Latinx, I'm going to tell you we're all Latino. And I don't feel any particular way about that. And I'm not having anybody that's not comfortable with themselves tell me that I should feel differently. It's just not what we're going to do. I've come too far in the game when it comes to, and I spell game, G-A-Y-M-E. I've come too far in the game to be playing these little semantics with people, little word games, a little bit of scrabble here and there. Not doing it, ladies and gentlemen, not doing it. Yes, I respect that you are your own thing and you have what you want to be, but that doesn't mean I become something different. That's why I understand straight people when they're like, I'm not going to be cisgender. I get it. I don't try to rebrand anybody cisgender. Sometimes I'll use that term and you've heard me use that term in my dailies or on my podcast, but that's just because it makes it clear for people to hear. But I would never tell anybody, oh no, you're cisgender. Trust me, you're cisgender. If they're like, I'm not cisgender, and I'm talking to them one-on-one -on -one in a conversation, I'll definitely call them whatever they want. I had one lady very insistent that she is a natural woman. That's what she wants to be referred to as. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, because I was explaining to her a certain situation, and I was like, okay, well, then there's trans women, and then there's natural women. Like yourself and I'm not gonna argue just like I'm not gonna argue with trans people when it comes to that but once people start trying to tell me what I am that's when I will get very like okay then this is what you are um, especially when it's something that's is ingrained in me as being Latino I did mention the Facebook uh, fan page I've been doing the lives on there every once in a while which if you'll notice on the lives the unbothered will be backwards and that's because like it inverts it when I put it in the editing software and so then it reads the regular unbothered. But if you're ever watching it on the live, that means that I am doing it live when you see it backwards. And I know I could turn my camera around and probably do it that way, but then I can't see what's going on in the shot and I wanna see what's going on in the shot so I'm not wasting time. Plus then I'll also be able to see what it is people are saying to me. So that's something people are just gonna have to deal with. And on a lot of things, people just have to deal with certain things because I do everything on my own and I feel like it's more important to turn out content and do the kind of stuff it is that I'm trying to do right now and get the ball rolling on that and then the little things I can worry about later. Like for right now, the main thing is for me to put stuff out there. So if the sound's a little off because I haven't figured that out yet, like, you know, on my Unbothered, the sound is great or I think it's great. You can let me know down below if you feel differently. But um, on Unbothered, the sound is is great to me but when i do my lives i just do it through my phone and so the sound might not always be good as i would want it to be or as a listener would want it to be but it's alive and i think people understand that so i'm not really going to concern myself with that you know once I get everything making enough money that it all pays for itself through different streams of income, then great. I'll have somebody come in and figure that out for me or maybe I'll even hire a technician to do that stuff while we're on the fly. I know everything I'm going to do is going to continue growing. Like everything that I've been doing so far has been growing. And I hear sometimes people will try to say negative things about me or what it is I'm doing, but I always notice that that's the people that are doing the least. You know, if you're paying attention to my content, and you're having negative stuff to say about it, I don't mind that because one, I appreciate the view, and two, I don't have anything to do with how you spend your time, and I personally don't spend my time listening to anything that I don't like. <sighs> Sorry about that. I hate when I do that. I ran out of memory on my phone because I didn't record the last episode. And I got a bunch of stuff on my phone that I got to get rid of. But what I was saying is I don't watch anything I don't like. I don't pay attention to anything I don't like. So for me, when people have negative things to say about my podcast or anything that I'm doing, I always feel like, well, then don't watch. 
Like, because I'll block you quickly. The other day, I had somebody try to troll me that I used to actually be friends with. And I blocked them on every other platform because they were trying to troll me for a long time. And it's just not something that I'm down with. When it comes to people just trying to troll, I guess, for the sake of it. I don't even know what these people are trying to do half the time because I'm just like... I don't know why you want my approval so badly. I don't know why you want me to actually pay attention to you, but I'm really only going to give you that much. And every once in a while, I'll do something to make fun of you or to poke fun at you because I know that the people that actually pay attention to me will like watching that or like seeing that happen. But it's not something that I'm going to spend a lot of time on. You know, I eventually will get tired of you on that particular platform and I'll just block you there too. And I really am an out of sight, out of sight, out of mind person. Like I um, mentioned that some people were bringing negative things to me a while back and they would be like, did you see this person is saying this? And that's another thing that every once in a while I would let get into my head just in the way that I would be like, oh, okay, I guess people are saying stuff about me. And then you hear it three or four times in the day or sometimes five or six times in the day. And then you get like, you know what? Let me go say something. And then you really think about it if you're like me and you're like, why would I care about what miserable people think about what it is I'm doing? And then if you're smart, you catch yourself and you're like, okay, let me completely not give any attention to not only these people, but if these people over here that are supposed to be my friends keep coming back to me with this, what I'll do is I'll get rid of them too. Because I don't need anybody. That's like one of the biggest things that bothers people about me is I really don't need anybody. I'm not the kind of person that feels like I need a lot of people around me. And I know that makes me atypical for show business because people in show business are usually described as being needy and always wanting to be the center of attention. Hang out with me sometime in real life. You'll see that I am not a person that always wants to be the center of attention technically. And I've talked about this on stage before. I'm the kind of person that will find a space completely by myself off in the corner away from everybody else because there are points where I've had enough of talking to everybody. There's times where people are around me because so many people will surround me sometimes just wanting to talk to me and tell me about this particular gig and I have this going on with stand-up and uh, this is going on with my family and there's so many people that will feed so much stuff to my head sometimes that I'll be just sitting in public and I'll just want to scream and I have to stop myself because I know then I really will look like I'm crazy and coming apart. But I really do get like that sometimes because so many people talk about or talk to me. And I've had people talk about, you know, like certain people not liking me and they, they, there's a lot of people that don't like you. There was one time where this one comic in L.A. was really trying to paint it like everybody didn't like me. And I'm like, you're never out. I don't see you. You know, I, I don't see you anywhere. But if you knew the reality of me being at any comedy spot, no matter what point in time it is, like when you think about even like the last week or there were times because that's the other thing people forget. There were times in L.A. that were worse than it is right now or it was, you know, a couple of weeks ago where I really just set everything on fire. There, Jeff Carasales, who's a very funny comedian. I don't know how much he's doing stand up right now. He, right now he's a successful handyman is what he really is. And he's like a higher Mexican type. And he always says Mexican. He's from Texas. And that's the way Jeff talks. But Jeff Carasales, Latino veteran, cool guy, super cool. But um. There was a point where he referred to me as or referred to what I was doing as General Something's March. And when it was when I was getting ready to leave L.A., you know, I had already announced that I was going to leave because I decided one day I was going to leave. And then 30 days later, I was gone. And that's only because I had to give notice to my apartment because I was like, I don't want to fuck up my credit and make it hard for me to get another apartment when I move. You know, so I'm going to wrap everything the way up the way that I have to. And so I wrapped everything up the way. But like while I was doing it. There were people that would get on my nerves. Well, if you think I don't care when I'm living in a city, when I'm leaving a city, I really don't care. And so Jeff kept referring to it as General Something's March. And he was just saying it was like basically me just throwing matches on gasoline as I was like marching. And that's <laughs> what it was. But like, you know, it was all happening online because the people that usually don't like me usually only exist online when you go out with me in public 
like I said, no matter which period in time it is, there's always a lot of people hugging me, a lot of people talking to me, a lot of people shaking my hand. And when I go through periods like this, where it seems like people are mad at me or that's what I'm being told when I'm online, then I'll like, you know, let people come to me. I will completely be just like water. Literally, I take whatever form the room around me takes, you know, and I literally that's what I do. I'm just like, I'm here. If people want to chat with me, be friendly, cool. If people don't, cool on that too. But people will always just come up to me and, and it's in a good way. So it's not like they bother me really, but the amount sometimes just that's coming at me and um, as much as people like to describe me as being a sociopath, which is something that I've heard a lot in the last couple of, you know, the funny thing about the sociopath thing is, um, is that they're the people that say that about me either there are two groups. There's one, the people that don't know me or two, the people that hung out with me and that I was very empathetic to and very helpful with. So suddenly once I don't agree with you, I become a sociopath, which if you know anything about me, I really am an empath. So that's the reason that it'll drive me crazy sometimes because not only am I listening to people talk and verbally hearing them, but I'm also feeling them at the same time. And sometimes that's a lot of energy being put on me at one time and a lot of different kinds of energy coming in at me. Like if you think about it, and you ask anybody that's been around me at, say, Chanclas, which there's also a rumor going around that I got banned from Chanclas. Nothing could be further from the truth. I have a very good relationship with the owners of Chanclas. And once me and Jack have a chance to actually chat, everything will be fine there, too. Because I never, like... Anybody that I've talked about, I really did feel that way about them in the moment. So when I say that I love certain people, like even when I mentioned Bobby and Crystal, I've been very honest about the fact that me and Bobby and Crystal were friends at a point, And I really did like them during that time. I don't like what they've turned into or what they've been putting on display more recently. But it's not that I never liked them. It's not that I always thought they were bad people. Technically, I thought they were very good people, and I think they're doing a good job of raising their kids. I like their kids. I like them. I like them as a family. And I used to tell Bobby that I thought that he should write a sitcom because I thought that they could be like a new school Roseanne, you know, like he could write something that could be like a new school Roseanne based on his family. And um, like, you know, you don't want to have your family actually on that and be reality TV or that's not the way I would feel about that. But to actually create something that was based on his family and the lessons that he would teach, because I would see him talk to his kids. I would see him interact with his kids. And there was one time when, you know, his kids had, uh, I guess some kid tried to bully one of his kids at the park and then all of them were going to go down to the park together and he had to have a chat with them. And I happened to be there for that chat. And he called them out in the way like, you guys are going to the park to start trouble. You guys are going to the park so that you guys can go handle these kids, aren't you? And he wouldn't let them go to the park. And he did like tell them how he thought it, they should handle it instead. And he, you know, had them all like from youngest to oldest all right there. And they had these other kids that Bobby and Crystal were like really taking care of, you know, like I said, I don't like none of the people that I've hung out with in the past. Do I feel like are completely trash people? And, you know, I just feel like in certain ways, sometimes people can accept that the people around you don't always have to agree 100% with everything you say. And it is sometimes okay for the people around you when they notice that maybe you're going down the wrong track to be like, look, I don't like the way this is going. And if this is the way it's going to go, then I don't feel like we're good friends anymore. I don't think we're good for being friends anymore. And I will sometimes have to correct people like that. But it's only because I really do feel that in my heart of hearts. You know, like I really did feel that with that situation that happened with Bobby and Crystal when they were giving that lady a hard time. I was just like, well, we don't really know the story, so can we not leave her alone? And that's what I had said on the post originally that ended up pissing everybody off was I wasn't willing to let them just and it wasn't just Bobby and Crystal. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that and I'm not trying to rehash it in a bad way. But the main part of what I'm saying right now 
is like even with them, I didn't hate them. I didn't secretly dislike them the entire time we were hanging out. I really think that deep down they are good people. But just lately what they've turned into has become something different than what I signed on to be friends with. And maybe they feel that way about me. And I'm fine with that, too. You know, I don't really mind. I know that there's people that have opinions because I'm cool with Diaz, which I did the full interview with Diaz. But if you watch the full interview, you see that I hashed it out and I asked Diaz about different things. And so for me, I feel completely comfortable hanging out with Diaz and I feel like he's a good person. And I feel like anything that we had to talk about, we squashed on that episode and we didn't have anything to really squash. But you know what I mean? Just like everything had been aired out. And so... You know, I feel that way with Jack, too. Like, me and Jack had a little bit of a thing when I was trying to organize everything for my show at the Thunderbird. And that's what it was. But, you know, as far as Jack himself, I love Jack. I think he's a really good person. I'm not taking that back. And it's not like we had a thing where it was like he told me not to come down anymore or any of that stuff. Like, you know, that's not the way it's played out. For me with chanclas like really I gave chanclas a shout out just not too long ago and I was really trying to be there a lot more but in in the last couple of weeks I've really felt like it's been more important for me to work on the stuff that I'm working on at home and online there's a lot going on behind the scenes right now that a lot of people don't know about and that's not at all a bad thing it's not at all like a negative thing what's going on behind the scenes technically it's very positive but I feel like I can spend my time at the open mics and I can rush around to make sure that I get to open mics and that I do these like you know smaller shows and stuff like that and if somebody's gonna pay me I'll definitely be there so that's still a thing you know but right now it's like most of the local shows that pay any kind of money the way that they work is they're on a rotation because most of the local shows that pay money will have a steady audience. So it's the same people. So unless you're going to come back with the whole new and like a lot of times when you do the headlining, which you're getting paid for at the local shows, you are doing 30 to 45 minutes. You know, like I did 18 bin and that was like 50 minutes, I think is what I did for them. Or maybe I did an hour. And so when you're dealing with locals, and people that are a constant audience, if you do 45 minutes to an hour, there's a good chance you're not going to come back in two weeks and then do a different 45 minutes to an hour. And 18 bin isn't the kind of place where you do a lot of crowd work. So it doesn't really make sense that you would like keep going to these spots. So for right now, I just did all of the spots that you can pay that pretty recently. So I'm not trying to just be out there just to be out there running and doing open mics it's hot it's miserable i've got my workout schedule i've been doing videos and editing them and also putting up the facebook lives and i've been doing my promoting my facebook fan page and i've been promoting the show that i'm doing in phoenix and i keep getting hit up for other stuff and i mentioned that there's two different record labels that want me to do stuff and so like i'm dealing with so much of that stuff that I really don't feel like being out is the smartest place for me to be. So I'm not going to lie to you guys and be like, I'll be at Chanclas tonight when I'm not going to be at Chanclas tonight. Like technically Chanclas is tonight when I'm recording this and it's about eight o'clock right now. If I were to go to Chanclas, I would have to rush to finish up my podcast and then I'd run out to Chanclas and it just wouldn't make sense for me in that, you know, from that way, like, Last week or maybe the week before, I had to stop by Chanclas just because, you know, we had to wrap up some business stuff and I was dealing with the owners and, you know, like then I, I stopped in, but I stopped in before the show actually started. I think I stopped in around seven o'clock or something like that. And I dealt with them on the stuff that I had to deal with them on. And then, like, you know, I left. But it's very pleasant for me there. And that place is like a second home to me. And once I'm able to be around there again, I will definitely be around there again. But I feel like I have no points to prove to anybody when it comes to any of this stuff. So when people say this stuff, like, yeah, for right now, I'll address it. Because like I say, it's content and it's things to talk about. But the truth of the matter is, 
I don't feel like I have to like show up and do things in order to prove to people that this is not the truth that's being said about me. For a minute there, there was a rumor going around that I was banned from L.A. Comedy Club. Well, I did guess that for Paulo Gata, like that was quite a while back. And then, you know, just the other night I was there for Butch Bradley. And so it's like all of the stuff that people say about me isn't true and it turns out not to be true and people just from seeing me or paying attention to what it is i'm doing can figure that out on their own so i don't feel like there's a reason for me to like oh let me put up a facebook story showing that i'm hanging out here right now or let me put up a facebook story with this person or any of that stuff like for me i just feel like i just live my life and if people want to believe what it is that's being said about me then feel free to believe that you're welcome to it. It doesn't change anything in my actual reality. And I think that's where, like I said, a lot of people get caught up. Like a lot of different people think that there's really some enemy out there that's going to, I guess, talk badly enough about them or, or say stuff enough that it's really going to end up affecting them, but it really won't. And that's, what a lot of people should get from watching me and watching the way that I do things, you know, especially the people that maybe do feel a little more on the insecure side or do feel like there's something to worry about. Like just by watching me, you should be able to know that that's not an actual thing. Like you don't have to worry about these things. You don't have to worry about what it is people are trying to do on the other side because evil will never prevail. And that's just what it is, you know, and I don't worry about my reputation in that way because I just did a podcast. And the reason I bring this up is because I just did a podcast where there was a particular club owner that wanted me to do his podcast. And his podcast is about the business of stand-up comedy. But a part of the business of stand-up comedy is social media. And I'm a person that's been very high profile on social media within the comedy world. I'm not a Jeffree Star where, you know, the entire world is talking about me all the time. But within the comedy world, a lot of times people are talking about me and the stuff I'm doing online. And so he wanted to know, and I'll let you guys know when that comes out and which club owner and everything like that. You know, I'll let you guys know everything. It's just right now I'm not trying to give up any secrets because when it comes out, it'll come out. But he was talking to me about, you know, the, um, like my reputation and if I'm, I'm at all worried about it not getting me work or people feeling particular ways about it. And in that way, I'm really not because so many people know me at this point in the industry that when people say like, you know, you're uh, that Ty Rivera had a problem with you or you did, you know, Ty Rivera was mad at you. A lot of times what people will ask back is, well, what did you do to Ty? Because people know that I'm not hair trigger like that. Like I've been everywhere for a very long time. And when I was living in LA, uh, a lot of that time I was like literally on the scene. Like I'd be hanging out at the improv because if the improv had me out for a spot and that was the last spot of the night, or I felt like that was the most important place for me to be, then I would stay at the improv for the rest of the night, just hanging out. You know, at the end of the night, Comedy Store was my big spot, which is ironic because I was never a regular at the Comedy Store. In development is as far as I made it in the Comedy Store. And then I ended up leaving shortly after that, which some people would say that's a mistake. But for me, it felt like it was time to go. And like, you know, friends and family, I was always doing friends and family for the potluck. And that was great. And everybody was super nice to me. And I got treated like a regular. So I didn't really feel like I had anything to prove in that way either. Like, would it have been nice to become a regular at the comedy store? Yeah. But also, once you've done enough in the industry, they'll make you a regular anyway. So you don't have to go through that process after you do enough stuff. And yeah, I realize I haven't hit their threshold yet. But I have no doubt by the end of my career, I will be a comedy store regular. So it's not something that I concern myself in that way with. But every once in a while, I'm like, yeah, I probably should have spent uh, more time working on that. But not really, because I got to do so many other things. And I got so many other experiences. But the thing I was going to say is, at the end of the night, I pretty much always go to the comedy store. And I rarely had any kind of problems at the comedy store. Every once in a while, I would shut somebody down. And people knew that. And that's one of the things people liked about me. But it was very rare. 
improv very rare as well but uh, you know i'm consistently me so if somebody comes up to me and says some sideways shit now i will be the kind of person that lets it go now i will but when i was yeah when i was younger or when i was like living in la if i had to yeah i'd shut somebody down but it wasn't like something that would happen with enough regularity that anybody because that's the thing with this industry is people will get tired of you if you're always causing problems. But the thing with me is I don't cause problems. I'm quiet. Like I said, people will come to me and then other people will witness it. And that's where people really mess up because when people come to me with their bullshit and other people witness it, whether or not the narrative gets spun in a particular way or not, the real story is always there and there's always people that are willing to tell it and they'll be like, yeah, that wasn't actually Ty starting the problem. Ty was just louder about the fact that it happened, but really this and this and this was what actually led to it. And then there's people that'll be like, yeah, I saw it. And like a lot of times even people that don't like me will step in and be like, yeah, he's that wasn't him that started that. It just like turned into that. But, you know, that's also part of the fun of the stand-up world or the way that things work. And that's what I think sometimes people forget. And it's one of the things that got mentioned on the podcast yesterday, not by me, but just that the thing that people like you for, the thing that will make you great in stand-up will sometimes be the same thing that people see as destructive. And for me, I don't see it as destructive because the way I see it is I'm just being me a hundred percent of the time now can i learn to dial that back a little bit well i don't really think it's something i have to learn at this point because i feel like i've already made my point so from here on out you're gonna see publicly a completely different version of what it is i do like i can just let things slide i can just walk away from people i can just let people have that particular space and that's something else I learned from listening to Sad Guru and some of the stuff that I've been listening to is that like sometimes you'll think that you're standing your ground, so to speak, by staying in a particular situation. But really, it's not a show of strength. It's more of a show of weakness because you're standing your ground for what reason? If it's going to affect your happiness, if it's going to affect like, you know, your mental well-being, then are you really winning anything by saying, I'm going to stand my ground on this? Or would it be better for you, for me in this case, to just walk away and say, okay, you can have that space. I'm going to go over here and I don't have to say anything catty to you and I don't have to get into it with you and I don't have to argue with you. I can just walk away from the situation altogether and find myself in a better space for myself mentally and possibly geographically at that point. Because, you know, and I've done enough of that in my life, too. It's not like that's completely a new thing, but just being able to express that or exercise that to a master level is what I want to start doing from here on out. You know, I don't want to be worried about little things that don't matter, and I don't want to be getting into it with people that don't matter. And again, like I said, it's just an expression. It's not meant as an insult to anybody. It's just most people truly don't matter. So that would be what I say to you guys. And that would be the message for this entire episode, I would say, is don't let people that don't matter bother you. Don't let situations that don't matter get in your way. Just keep doing it as... See, I had to mess up. I was ramping up to make my big dismount. And then all of a sudden, I had to flub it. Not that there's a fucking line. I did write some things down, but I went over all of Like, you know, they're not... I don't write actual, um, like, stuff for myself. It's just some words that I wrote down to trigger me and remember, like, whimsies, Carla, local trash, heat, insecurity facebook fan page so that's the kind of stuff but i'm not there's no actual lines for me to flub but i did flub that line because what i was gonna say is i don't remember what i was gonna say you guys i was just gonna say you know don't let people that don't matter get in your way and don't let situations that don't matter 
like occupy space in your brain and whatever you do stay unbothered 